Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. Who am I and why the heck should you listen to the podcast? 52.5% is break-even. First year in the podcast, we were 64%. Second year, 64%. Last year, Jason tabulated, and we were 59.87. 52.5% is break-even, and they started tracking picks on Twitter, and only about 15% of the people they tracked we're over 52.5%. So that's that we're in the high level. So when you're at 59%, uh, the math says that you can live in Vegas and be a professional sports better. Because how we know in life is that the person with the best information wins. I've been doing this for like 25 years, but really only the last 13 years have been profitable. And it's just tweaking, learning, and Sports betting is one of those things that's collaborative. That if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. As we move on, we'll have Scott, we'll have Chad. Right now, we have a top MLS agent, top 40 uh, Formula One agent, definitely a lot smarter, tougher than I am. And he knows that the most expensive advice as an attorney, right, is bad advice. And we're going to be talking about the Lions first overall. And then we'll get into the line of picks. We're going to give you everything over or under because of my securities license. I can't charge for picks. So I just give it out for free. But we use business and financial concepts. We have a high school class, a college class. that's in their syllabus to listen to the podcast. because We use business and financial concepts. And as we go along, I'll briefly mention it during the Wednesday podcast. Then I'll go in depth on Tuesdays. But thank you, Agent Rob. First, first thoughts. Wow. Thank you. Well, if you thank you for welcoming me in again, I always enjoy dropping by. And I always love to talk about my Detroit Lions because I'm a sick individual. But well, I think, you know, it, and that's I, all relative, right? Just, I, I've known this for about 20 years, but as I get older, it's kind of immense. There's no such thing as normal. <laughs> <When you talk laughs> about <being> normal. <laughs> yeah, right. Or if somebody says they're normal, that's when you know they're messed up. Yeah, I was, you know, quickly, right, because we're going to quicken the pace of the podcast. Uh, You know, I was sitting, you know, with four hot girls and one gay guy in Boston, maybe 30 years ago, they're all college people. And the one girl gets up and leaves and she says, oh, you know, my family is the only family around here that's normal. And the gay guys look and she looks, he's like, that's how messed up she is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, she thinks her family is normal. But message yeah. to the madness, I kid you not, we talked on a Friday afternoon. Don't forget it. You and I called, you know, we we known each other online, but this is the first time I heard your voice. You sat there, had a nice, pleasant conversation on a Friday afternoon. Nobody wants to talk to me on a Friday afternoon about money, none of my clients. You and I had a great conversation, and we leveraged your information to go. I believe it was 12 and six, close to 70% against the spread on lying games based on your information. That's based on, you know, that's, again, really good information, objective information, right? Because you're a good attorney. You can argue both sides yeah. equally well of any case, right? Well, and, here's, and here's the thing. I fall 
follow Josh. I follow all like you could if you could see my screen. Yeah. I've got I I fall. I've already got it all pegged. All the media in the, that are covering the Lions uh, during preseason, all of them, the free press, not and not just the the all everybody, every practice groupie available, and I'll listen. I'll I'll take a look and I'll read through the same practice, right. and and it's a lot of the same material that because everybody's just sitting there in the stands, but you really get an idea when when you start seeing six, seven, eight people coming back with what happened that day. And right. then you kind of get a real idea of what's going on and what's the game plan and the way things are moving. You know, this year was a little bit more different because we had hard knocks. Right. Um, the Lions have always done a show called Inside the Den, which is a, their own version of hard knocks. And they even did an episode of behind the scenes of hard knocks inside the den. Oh, wow. And they give a lot of insight. You get a real lot of, uh, of, of what's going on there. And, what was interesting today, I was, I was listening to uh, a show out of Detroit and um, with Darren McCarty, the right. Red Wings four-time champion. And he, he went to camp earlier in like a couple of weeks ago when they had a night, they had a night practice open to the right. public. And he went, you know, and met Campbell and everybody because he's a radio guy there. Right. But he, what he said this morning was interesting. He said, you know what, what you got what you get from them. He goes, I went there just to find out what the vibe was really like. Right. And there really is a culture change going on there. It's, it's all real. Those right. guys, there's no bullshitting with them. They just, they are who they are and they don't really give a fuck about what anybody else thinks. So yeah. with that, it's nice, which is completely opposite of what Quinn Trisha was, oh, you yeah. know, what they were doing. He was they, a phone. They, were, they, they wouldn't talk to anybody. Phone. The guy's a clown. And that's going to hurt the Patriots, but that's another story. That's an AFC <laughs> we'll show. We'll get into that later in the podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting, how the, the information. Now, last year, you know, the info we were getting, in, in fact, not just getting, but he flat out said at a press conference, Anthony Lynn, Charger, ever famous co former coach. Right as the offensive coordinator got up there and said, Oh yeah, I'm going to use all this stuff from the Rams. And, you know, we're going to do this and that with golf and, you know, and, and we, we expected them to do a lot of different things with that offense than what he actually did. And he didn't actually do any of those things that he said he was going to do. And that's part and parcel of why he got blown out and why Dan said, Hey, I'm taking over the play calling because this is not, not the bill of goods that I was sold. Right. And ever since that happened, you know, you, you really have to look at last season with them in, in two things. One is the, the first half and then the second half, completely different seasons. The other thing that's, that's very interesting here is um, the injuries that they went through last year, mud on you're talking, they lost their left tackle. Who's a top 10 PFF rated right. in Decker. You lost, you lost the center, Frank Ragnow, who's literally the number one center in the league the year before, did not give up a sack the entire season. And then you lost your, your wide receiver one after the first game, Terrell Williams, former Charger, who got a concussion on a cheap hit. And then that was it, career ender. Right. Um, so the, the wide receiver room was a complete disgrace. And then uh, on defense – 
you had you had every cornerback go down. I think they lost like five or they went through like six cornerbacks throughout the course of the year. Everybody kept getting hurt. That just is going to take its toll on a team that was already new, right. a, whole, a whole new thing. He was blown out a lot of the old Quintricia players. And so it was, it was really nice. Two things were nice. One was from day, and this was a biggie as far as gambling is concerned. Right. The team has ad- adopted his personality. So he doesn't give up. He said that speech the first day he came in, I'm going to bite a kneecap and then I'm going to get knocked down and I'm going to get right back up and I'm going right. to bite your kneecap again. And I'm going to get right back up and I'm going to get right back up. Well, guess what? Week one, they started getting blown out by the Niners. But for some reason, the team battled all the way back and covered right. for no reason. That's what they're going to. And they did that over and over again, every game, except for the Eagle game. And we'll talk about that later tonight. Right. But they really, they have heart. And he's got them bought in. I think the whole country knows that now. And, and the team has a lot of heart. So the, what are the changes from last year going into this year? Let's start with that. D, DJ Shark. We got your new, you, you actually have a legitimate wide receiver one if he can stay healthy. Right. Amonson Brown they, came out big. As the year progressed, St. Brown had a, a tremendous second half. He had the most catches and yards ever by a, by a rookie receiver. And let's not forget that Calvin Johnson was a rookie receiver on this team. Right. So he had more more yards and catches than Calvin did his first season. The other thing is Josh Reynolds, who came in late, came in the same time that coincidentally that Reynolds. I mean, that uh, Lynn got blown out. Things changed. And right away, Goff was familiar with him, and he trusted him. He threw some 20-yard-plus passes to him. And that's big with Goff. I still went – I watched Hard Knocks, and I ended up watching uh, – things got crazy. So today I ended up watching the last one or the third one and then all of this. And just observing him, there's still, like – he has a, a wall kind of built up. He sits alone in uh, in the. It's funny you bring that up. That was that was the most interesting thing for me was watching Hard Knocks on who sits with who in the room, and and I loved how uh, Aleem McNeil, uh, Ify Malafonmu, and Levi Onzareki, they were all draft picks last year. On the defensive side, one's a corner and the other well, now a safety. The other two are DLs. But it was interesting to see that they were like their own little clique. It was interesting right. to see, see that dynamic. Let's not forget, Goff makes a lot of money. Not a lot compared to other quarterbacks. Right. I mean, I think he's actually a bargain in the 30 million range. Um, but that's spot tracks, another whole, we could do that another time, talking salary caps. But it is interesting that he he does kind of keep, but I okay. So let's talk about the changes. Let me not digress. Right, here. right. Because golf, golf is it, it's interesting, and we'll talk about the quarterback situation. It's also yeah. very interesting. <laughs> from your point of view, 
it's it's been a yeah this was interesting last couple last week that's a successful agent the quarterback situation is very interesting (laughs) so the changes are they got the receivers okay they they brought in shark well williams is going to come in he's just a fluff piece i mean let's be real williams when he comes in finally eventually is somebody who they're going to be able to utilize they're going to try to use him i think like a tyree kill in that they're going to try to get into the ball with room space to run run after catch and he's going to also stretch the field just just go in x pattern just go all the way down and and stretch the field with your speed but i I, so i'm not really factoring him in because i don't think he's really realistically coming back till maybe mid-season week seven week eight maybe he's ahead of schedule they say but what's the rush? I think right. we're okay. Now, on defense, this is interesting. A lot of changes on defense. Four starters changed from last year. You've got, um, uh, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, who's off to a tremendous he's, – he's looked great. His work ethic, the kid's a learner. He's smart, and he's got a motor – Right. Just an, a motor. Um, he's going to be an athlete. Yeah, he's going to be impactful. Um, Mike Hughes ended up winning the the nickelback. Mike Hughes from the Chiefs ended up winning the nickelback position. Um, and then we brought in Deshaun Elliott at safety from the Ravens, I believe. Okay. And uh, and then there was one more change. I'm trying to remember who was. I- can't remember offhand but there was four changes four starting changes on defense um let's see now style of play. Aaron Glenn's your defensive coordinator so when you look Correct. at Aaron Glenn you think Parcells that whole ability defense you know they can they'll play whatever but mostly a zone trying to make the other teams make mistakes and wait for the other teams to make mistakes and so he seems like he wants to do smash off run the ball but okay. I am concerned about the Detroit Lions offensive line. Okay, do you want to talk about offense out. or defense first? Let's go defense. Okay, so on the defense, he switched. Last year, he went 3-4. Okay. He was trying to make the outside edge rushers have to cover two. Okay. And uh, that's just not their forte. So he switched that up near the end of the season, and then he's going 4-3 this year. Um, which is really a four, four, two, four, two, five. Yeah. And, you know, the question becomes with that, you know, in the down lineman, you've got, uh, uh, you've got Aline McNeil and Brockers in the middle. You've got Hutchison and Charles Harris, who had a great season last year um, as your outside edge rushers. Now Hutchison, it's been interesting. They've moved him everywhere in preseason. Against the Steelers, he played all four positions. <laughs> he lined up literally all down four, um, which I, everybody suspects they're going to keep doing with him um, and that he's going to keep doing that. They're going to keep moving him around, just creating havoc wherever he's at. Um, the, the concern, uh, Okuda had a very strong preseason, and um, so people are, are happy with the direction that Okuda is going in the corner. And then uh, Amani Arafaroe 
had a great season last year with um, six picks. I think it was by the end of the season. Right. The problem on this team and then Walker. And then I told you Hughes was the nickel Walker and uh, Elliot at safety. And then the problem on the team is the linebacker position. You got Anzalone as the Mike and really the, he's going to have the green dot. He's going to be the, the calling all the plays. Right. And then you have, potentially you've got Chris board who they picked up from, I want to say the Ravens also who I think is going to be the starter at the will. But I think that um, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, the six round pick out of Oklahoma state is going to be pushing for time. The kid is a hustler and a banger. Yeah. I've been studying the four, two, five defense all over the summer because that's what Nick Satan runs. That's what Georgia won the national title with. That's what everybody and it felt a little bit different, more complicated, but it's the same concept. So I can see Rodrigo when I was watching uh, Hard Knocks, could see a linebacker like that with a lot of mobility, runs around yeah. a lot. And you don't know if he, you're going to rush him because he's crazy or he's going to drop into coverage. Same thing with uh, Aiden Hustigan. It's interesting that you said he is playing that all four positions. All four, all four down positions. It's crazy. I just watched a video on Twitter about it. It's crazy. The other thing is, uh, and then we have uh, the kid, uh, Derek Barnes, uh, the rookie middle linebacker from last year, and he's pushing for time too, but he's not quite there yet. Anzalone is really going to be the clay, the play caller. And um, so we're going to see, we're going to see. They're also using, they're going to use a safety a lot too, you know, like a, a cornerback safety. So like a big cornerback to come right. in a lot of the times. Right. Um, into that nickel slot. So you'll see them, you know, like in a dime package. No, totally. totally. I can, that, now that makes more sense than running the 425. People can go back to a podcast I did with Chad's brother, Chance, starting quarterback right. at Oregon State. And we've showed him from a basic level how to attack the 425 and the design of it. And the athletes, uh, what I was impressed with was the detail within the design, kind of like design theory how the team's being constructed and they drafted and they're molding players and guys that like Rodrigo kind of to fit that four, two, five, you got to have some athletes, but also be able to disguise coverage with those guys. You don't know if Rodrigo is going to be like a bat out of hell coming straight, trying to sack the quarterback, or he's good enough athlete. He's about six foot, right. Get enough speed to kind of drop back in the coverage. Yeah. That was the knock on him. But, you know, and that's why I slid. Uh, right. was he didn't have the prototypical size, which kind of reminded me of, and I'm dating myself, kind of reminded me of when Marco Coleman came out of Georgia Tech. Same kind of thing. The guy was all everything, every award there could be, but they just kept saying he's undersized. But the reality is the guy understands football. <laughs> it's no, exactly. A friend of mine unfortunately died last year, but he played with the Saints. He used to tell me about playing with Sam Mills. Mm-hmm. And the name escapes me of the other guy when he was with New Orleans, and then they go to Carolina and they go to a title game with Mark Brunel in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, on offense, you got Ben Johnson, it's your new coordinator. He was a tight end yeah. coach last year. Dan Campbell's a tight end coach. Uh, looking at his pedigree, he's never been a coordinator before. So, this tells me that. Uh, this is going to be an extension a little bit of last year where Dan Campbell is going to have a lot of influence 
on the offense and it's going to be a running. So for us last year, you made us a lot of money with the unders because we knew it was going to be a smash mouth run team. They played zone. I think you're going to see this again, right? Okay. So this is an interesting question because you're going to say, what, what, what are they going to do for, so for starters, Campbell literally yesterday said, I don't know who's going to call the plays yet. I still kind of want to call the plays. Right. So he's going to call the plays. Still up, I think he's, <laughs> I think he's going to call the plays. Right. I think they're both, you know, for the most part, he's going to call the plays. Ben's going to design it. Ben's Ben's going to do the script. Right. Right. Now here's, here's what's interesting. And this is, this is why I talked about last year and stupid Anthony Lynn. Right. And, and it just pisses me off because I don't like being BS to right. uh, as a fan. I don't, I don't care as a fan, but just as any, especially a better. Right. Exactly. If we're trying to interpret what they're going to do, exactly what you're saying. We thought we were going to be more smash mouth. And, and then we got all kinds of nonsense. And then everybody blamed Goff. And it's like, okay, you're going to blame Goff for checking down. Well, he doesn't have a wide receiver that can get open and he doesn't want to go throw a pick. So I, I, I understand it. Now, thing is, this summer, and I know for a fact, because they did this, he did it twice. And it's great because it's, it's a weird homage to my father. Oh, but yeah. Goff had practices, private practices with the wide receiver core at Marina High School in Huntington Beach. Oh, wow. Happens to be right across the street from where my dad's nightclub used to be. Wow. <laughs> so I'm sure my dad was there watching and, uh, and, uh, and, and knowing that uh, it's a, uh, a big deal for me and knowing that my lions are there. Oh, now awesome. here's what's interesting. Awesome. So Goth had the wide receivers there twice to go ahead and practice on their own. Now, one of the other things they did this summer and this is a fact is that Ben Johnson and Goff went over stuff that they broke down a lot of Rams highlights, a lot of Ram tape. And they went over stuff that makes that Goff was comfortable with and that Goff had success with. And they actually did that. Unlike when Lynn said he was going to do that and did not So, Let's go back to 2018 and talk about what did the Rams do in 2018. And hold on one second while you're thinking about that because that's your team. Well, you know, you know, know, go to the training camp and it's a lot of now 80% of the teams in the NFL are running air raid concepts. So what air raid means is independent of each other, the receiver and the quarterback read the defense and the receiver runs the route and looks for the ball. It, it, you know, and there's no, and, uh, and I guess uh, Devontae Adams is learning this, that everybody can get the ball at any time. If the quarterback reads it a certain way, you read it a certain way, boom, you're, you're getting the ball. And there's no such thing as a dummy route or there isn't a, a, a necessarily go-to receiver on that. So that's why it's important for the Lions to have depth over there in the receiver core. And, and here's an interesting thing. They only kept five running backs, which was a surprise to a lot of, a lot of the media, a lot of the media and the way things went down, they only kept five and the guys had big numbers. 
there's some guys who had big numbers in preseason and they didn't make the team. They're on practice squad now. JJ, Justin Jackson. Um, So the, the issue now is you only carried five there and guess what? Wide receiver core only carried five also. Interesting. Now they know they got Jameson Williams coming back mid season. Right. They picked up Tom, you know, they picked up some more stuff, but he's, his point was, Campbell said, if you're on the 53, we're going to use you. You're going to play. Right. And so they decided they're going to go guys that are all going to play. So now. Well, yeah. What and, and, and I think uh, something that I gained through watching Hard Knocks too, having so many guys on the staff that were former players, they understand the importance of death. You know, getting through a season, I think he even verbalized it, getting through a season getting through a workout and during times in the game where you need a blow. And then also to resiliency within the game where you get blown out, but you come back on the next play and you got your mind right as we get into the game with the Eagles. Yeah. Now what's interesting is that the, because and where I'm going with this, that they only went five with the, the running backs and they only went five with the receivers. They ended up going with nine on the offensive line. Right. And that's interesting because earlier in the week, he said, he, he said, you know, that's a luxury to get, you know, you're probably just going to go eight, seven or eight. And he ends up going nine. And what happens? And this is where you wanted to talk about the offensive line. Now it's probably a good right. time. Viatai goes down and we don't know how long he's down for at least four weeks because they put him on, in, on IR. Right. Right. And but they carried, the they carried two I remember, guards. I remember I was watching it today where he did the player only run practice and Rangno right. was completely lost. And the quarterback, that's an interesting, before we go into the Eagles game, we'll talk about that. And then we'll go later, to the later. Yeah. Uh, the guy that was running the quarterback practice is the guy that keeps and the guy who didn't was the guy they cut. Uh, but Rangno, and then when I read today in the free press, we probably should have shared. Make sure you will share the subscription. I'll, I'll give you my username password. <laughs> 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 That's what we say. We'll pay a little bit of money. I just like that. Uh, that uh, they're moving around the offensive line. I mean, they're moving around the offensive line. This guy had a trouble with the spot he was at. And now they're, they're playing the Steelers. Now, as an agent, you got a unique perspective perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I call myself concierge as a business consultant. I saw a lot going on, right? Uh, emotional control. Dan Campbell went berserk when this whole thing went down the way it went down. The other part of it is uh, they need they have Brian DeSosa. Uh, I forgot his first name, but I think it's the, so- the Cessna or the Sosa. They brought him from USC. He was a sharp guy at USC, sharp administrator at USC, hired right. looking writing. He's now at the Detroit uh, front office, but they still need more people in the front office. And then communication, because uh, Boyle is a veteran, veteran quarterback. He has the offense, went all through camp. Uh, and Campbell verbalized, he said, this is, this went down the worst possible way it could have gone down. 
because Royals upset. He's going to a division rival, and as we speak, he's in a conference room. <laughs> no, Blau, Blau, Blau did. Yeah, yeah Blau. So Blau, Blau now. In, oh no, yeah, I get him confused because they're both kind of basically the same type quarterback. But Blau, yeah. now in a conference room, he's debriefing the whole Lions offense to a division rival. Right. It's a, it's a horrible thing. Right. The only he good needed, news he is that another staff member saying, "Hey." I'm the bean counter guy. I'm not the football guy. I'm just telling you, I'm just calling balls and strikes here. Maybe we need to keep them, keep them because our, you know, you do, you have a whole list of what's going on with your three division rivals and you do not let a long time backup quarterback wouldn't with now a grudge. Right. Well, they tried to, they tried to put him under the practice squad. Right. And then, and then because they grabbed Sudfeld and then, that's why when to a, put a guy like you, a compliance squad. guy, comes in and says, hey, this is a veteran, so the rookie rules for practice squad did not apply to him. To him, right. You're going to run out. Right. And he can and go wherever he wants, wherever it gives him the most money. Yeah, that just, that just was a big mistake. Right. And now you're stuck with bringing Boyle back, who you know you have zero confidence in, and you just crushed his confidence anyway by just ridiculing him on hard knocks. You know, yeah. you saw what Dan said about how, oh, I've had three what the fucks and two <laughs> holy shits or something right, like that. Right, right, exactly. Dude, now you you re-sign the same guy. I mean, fortunately, right. look, here's the thing with the Lions. If golf goes down, season's over anyway. So let's let's just call it a, a spade a spade. There's <laughs> let's be real about it. Right. And that's the same for almost every team, right? I mean, if you lose your number one quarterback, you're not going to go to the playoffs. Let's just forget about it. the same thing. That's why I'd be Unless really worried about Stafford. You're Belichick, right? Because Belichick, even though it's interesting looking at Sally crap, uh, New England has a lot of space, and you know, Detroit has almost 200 million left on the on the salad cap. So it's ownership and management, and then details oh. and business. Right? There's no such thing. And you know this as an attorney. There's no such thing as an insignificant detail, you know. Okay, so we're still the lion's salary cap is still being bogged down by the Quintricia years. Right. Right. This year, we're we're still losing eighteen million towards, uh, I believe it's Flowers and Collins. Right. It's still on the books and Vitai seven hundred thousand for. Uh, or uh, Tavai, um, sorry, not Vita, Tavai, Jelani Tavai, <laughs> the worst pick, one of the worst picks in, in NFL draft history. So that's 18 million going to those, to those three players on, of dead cap right now. Right. So that'll be gone next year. They're going to have millions available on that. So next year is really the big year. It's, it's just that this year there's a lot of optimism because there've been a lot of changes on, on the offense. So going back to the offense, right. I expect that Ben Johnson, you know, he did actually sit down with, with golf. They've added a bunch of plays that he likes and, and was successful with and is comfortable with. And so now, now let's see, you say, okay, take a look at where are we at? What's going to happen this year? And you go, well, what do we have to look at? Right. Well, 
you know what we got to look at? We've got uh, one drive against Atlanta. <laughs> and we've got... Oh, okay, yeah, 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 let me get you on now. Okay, we're getting our rock star here. Here we go. What was the last Chad. <laughs> we got Chad. What's up, guys? Sorry, finally got him. Finally got him on. Hold your last point until we get into you know, perfect timing. Yeah, good uh, time. Your last point before we get into the Eagles game. Yeah. Uh, so the the point is that we don't have much a lot to go on because right. all we got was one drive against Atlanta. And then we got those, we got the two scrimmages uh against the Colts, right? Goff didn't, the starters didn't, Goff and the starters didn't even play in the actual game. So you only had those scrimmages, the, the, the set, you know, practices. And, and then Goff didn't play against Pittsburgh. So that's just throw out whatever you got from the, from the offense on that game. So one thing that was really interesting, especially for fantasy players, right. is that, and in general, is that if you notice what Goff did do, is he went to St. Brown and he went to Hawkinson. And that was what he was throwing to. Oh, yeah. uh, in both situations, both on the day they did really well against the uh, Colts at practice and as well as the main drive against um, that they drove the field and scored their opening drive against uh, uh, Atlanta. He's still, even though he's got the new weapons out wide, he still felt comfortable going to the safety valves in the middle of the field and Brown and Hawkinson. And you're going to see that some more and you're going to see them pound the ball. They're going to go to Swift. They're going to go to Williams. And then they're going to, they're going to play action because that's what he likes to do. And he's comfortable doing He's one of the best high percentage guys doing that. So I think you're back to what we thought was going to happen last year is actually going to happen this year. This year. No, and that fits. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's why this fund cost us $800. And that cost $200. And I don't know what that cost. I'm just shit to work. That's why I'm worth losing shoes and roll my funds. 